Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. There once was a man named Cecil whose obsession with holes was unreasonable. He'd hang around stalls and hope for some balls, but the results would always be fecal. Glory, 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 Good point about the um, uh, honor thy father and mother. Some some fathers and mothers are spectacularly better or worse than others, and uh, it really there should be a little bit of more relativism in that commandment. Anyway, great job. Thanks, guys. Hello, guys. It's um, David here from um, Oxford in the UK. Uh, just listening to your 102 podcast, where you sort of say you don't know the difference between Australian and um, UK accents. Well, here goes. Uh, Okay, mate. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Mate, that's Australian. Okay, in English this is would be, hello, dear fellow. Would you mind throwing another shrimp on the barbecue? Thank you very much. There you go. Not difficult. Anyway, bloody Americans. Great show, guys. Glory hole, glory hole, glory hole. Hey, guys. This is Kevin from Memphis. Love the show. Glory hole. You guys should have a glory hole shirt, by the way. I would buy that. I have uh, not a thing that I prayed for when I was a kid, but rather two amusing prayers that I did do as a kid that were completely in conflict with each other. One of them, the standard, now I lay me down to sleep, Christian bullshit, and the other was actually a prayer that I had ripped off of a cheap-ass poster that my mom had bought me in my room, which was to uh, Native American uh, spirit of the wolf, uh, pagan gods and spirits and that kind of thing. I never realized the two were completely in conflict with each other uh yeah it was just a childhood lack of understanding you know what the fuck did i know yeah that's it see you guys bye be advised that this show is not for children the faint of heart or the easily offended the explicit tag is there for a reason. In a world where credulity and bigotry collide, one podcast, one purpose, two men. Every week, Tom and Cecil blast anyone who gets in their way. They bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes them mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is Cognitive Dissonance. So that was Lorne who introduced us this time, Tom, and I think that that was a very well-done movie trailer-like intro to the show. Uh, This time we are going to be reviewing... Uh, a movie called The Revisionaries, which is available on Netflix Instant. So if you haven't watched it and you have Netflix Instant and you want to watch it, uh, 
pause the podcast, run over, spend an hour and 25 minutes to watch it, and then come back, and uh, and you'll be clued in on what we're going to be talking about. But this movie itself um, is about the Texas school board, and it talks about a lot of different things. It starts out really sort of following a few different members of the Texas school board, as well as following people involved in uh, the people who are involved in sort of fighting what the Texas school board is about. And a lot of these people on the Texas school board, you find out as you watch the movie and what we'll get into more later on is they're very much have an agenda that is Christian right, that is conservative, that wants to push uh, evolution into a, into a corner and basically say that evolution is questionable. And they also want to push social studies things. Uh, and that was a big surprise when I was watching the movie. I had no idea that they were going to pull social studies into it until, you know, you get 45 minutes in the movie and then suddenly there's social studies and the social study stuff in some ways is more appalling than the evolutionary stuff that oh, they get involved it's in. It's awful. Ugh. But the movie itself progresses and shows, uh, sort of a portrait of the different people that are involved in this fight. Uh, one of the, one of the women works for the freedom Institute. Another guy works for the Liberty Institute. Some woman works for Liberty university. The guy, another guy's just a, he's the chairman of the board. He's just a dentist. And so you get a chance to see and meet some of these people. And in some ways it humanizes them, but in some ways it, you know, it really does show you the agenda that's underneath. And I think the only way to treat this movie is to sort of talk about what happens as it happens. What, one of the first things that happens is they start talking about evolution in the movie. They talk about evolution and evolution in the textbooks. And the language that they want to introduce is strengthen and weaken. Uh, that was the, the argument. They want to talk about the weakening of the argument and the strengthening of the argument when it comes to evolution because initially they had, for I guess 20 years, a questioning of evolution in their textbooks. Yeah, and you know, it's so interesting to watch this movie and see how how much the, the, the rhetoric and the language and how incredibly important that is when they're going over. So Texas is an important uh, stepping stone in the school book, in the school textbook industry. So I think it's important to, to note. Yeah. So they are one of the largest at once purchasers, meaning because of quirks in the way that Texas state laws are written, they buy all of their books all at once. Yeah. Every seven years. And because of that, um, in order for textbook publishers to uh, gab gather that market share, um, they have to cater to that. And so Texas has this huge sway in what books get published because everybody wants a piece of the Texas pie because the pie comes all at once. Yeah, and it's big. You know? And it's and big. It's There's a lot of people in Texas. Right. And whereas, like, you know, other schools in other states, you know, District 202 might buy textbooks, you know, this year and District 204 might buy textbooks next year because they're all being bought at once every seven years in Texas. It, it means that Texas has just an, an absolutely inconsiderable amount of power. It just, it's ridiculous. Um, and so they're, what they're doing is they're guiding the language. And, and this whole fight is about, um, you know, guiding the rhetoric that gets put into these books and making sure that, you know, like you're saying, like, well, we're going to have a conversation about, you know, we want to add this this terminology, the strengths and weaknesses. And then later they change that to analyze and evaluate, I think. Yeah. You know, the, the merits and demerits of evolution as an argument. And time after time, Cecil, what struck me is these experts 
stand up like the experts, the opposing side, they stand up and they're and they're they're just baffled. They're like, there's no alternative. Like there's no scientific alternative. What is the alternative? If you're talking about the weakness of the argument, one woman's like, what if there aren't any weaknesses to the argument? And then somebody else is like, how are these kids equipped? I know that's the best part. You know, to evaluate, and they're not equipped to evaluate. And we don't ask them to do that of the theory of, you know, relativity or, you know, gravity or, you know, wave theory. Like, we don't ask them to do that for anything else. We, but don't, ask this- them to, we don't ask them to debate the English language, right? There's no, there's no debates like this about whether or not something is a prepositional phrase. Right. Nobody right. does that. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody, I mean, people care, obviously, and you learn what those things are. And, you know, the same thing goes for whether or not you're going to use an adverb in that sentence or not. Or, you know, sure. there's no d- debating when they diagram sentences. There's no debate. There's, there's, you know, this is a fact. This is the noun. There's nothing else that you can do about it. And the reason why that they're pushing this, the reason why that they go after this, and you see it as the movie goes forward, you get a chance to see the personalities of these people. The reason why is because they want to proselytize to kids. They have a captive audience to proselytize to. They have a captive audience to talk about, well, you know, science doesn't know everything, and dinosaurs and humans might have lived together, and maybe they lived on a big old ark. You don't know. You never know. (laughs) At the end of the movie, I know I'm jumping ahead, but at the end of the movie, the dentist, chairman of the board, whatever, um, when he's doing the thing where he walks in the field, he's teaching obviously like a Sunday school. And and he goes in this field. He's like, all right, everybody, you know, there's some debate about, you know, whether or not all the animals, including the dinosaurs, could have fit on the ark. And he grabs four cones and he's like, come outside. And he puts the four cones out. He carefully paces out the size of the arc. Carefully paces it out. Yeah, that's the scientific method of my shoe's about this big. Right, and my pace Um, is about this long, so this is a fucking cubit. Right. Well, Noah, it's it's possible to do if you know Noah's height and stride length. Right. Which is, and we know uh, this because we found Noah's bones. Well, certainly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right next to he was hugging a T Rex when he died. (laughs) They were spooning. They were spooning a T. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but he anyway, he 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 paces this thing out and then he starts naming different. He says, name an animal, name an animal. And then at the very end, you know, because obviously the kids can't name every goddamn animal. Oh, right. At the very Living end, he's dead. like, yep. And they all fit on the ark. Right. And then and then he's got that model boat where he's, he's, he shows this like oh. cardboard model. And he's like, so it's a real ingenious system. You see what they had was they had the the bottom deck was for all the poop. Like what is and wouldn't you just throw the poop overboard? Why, why would you save no. the poop? Why would there save be a the whole poop. deck dedicated to poop? It's it's just oh, it's can the poop you deck. Ima- <laughs> the poop deck <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine when they're building the lower deck and it's it's like you know you're like one of your one of Noah's sons and you're fucking sawing away at these timbers. You've been sawing away at these fucking timbers in the desert, which where'd the wood come from in the desert? So you're Let's sawing away wood. at all these timbers and you're like, This is so much work. We've been doing this for like seventy two years, Dad. Is what is this one for? Uh, it's poop storage. Why are we storing the poop? Dad? Someday we're gonna we need to build an island. <laughs> storing the in poop. This giant, giant ocean that God created. Fucking stinkiest voyage ever. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the Noah's Ark thing comes up in this movie several times. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is, is that they're all trying to talk about creationism because uh, most of the people that are for the, 
you know, the changing of the language, they're not, I don't even think that they're, you know, I don't even attribute to them intelligent design. I think of, you know, because I think that there's something to be said about intelligent design if somebody's like, look, you don't know how original life happens. And there's a fucking scientist in this who's like, yeah, I don't make claims about the original life. Right. He's like, I just don't make claims about that. He's like, because it's okay to say I don't know. He's like, right. that's an okay statement to say. So even a scientist is like, I don't know, I don't make claims about the original life. Okay, cool. You know, but instead these people, like when, when somebody comes up and let's say they're intel, they believe in intelligent design, they're like, yeah, well, that beginning spark was God. Okay, fine. You want to name it God. You want to name it whatever you want. Or, you know, they say, well, you know, when, when things started getting rapid and changing, that's when God, you know, shifted and touched his hand to it or whatever. That's fine. The people who actually work within the framework of science and put their God in there, I don't have any problem with those people normally. I don't care. I don't think that it's scientific and I don't think it should be treated as scientific, but I don't care that somebody, just a random person who looks at evolution and goes, yeah, you know, whatever. God started the whole process and he's a watchmaker or whatever, the deist sort of view. That doesn't bother me. It's not scientific and I don't think it should be taught, but I also don't have a problem with somebody thinking it. I do have a problem with somebody thinking that Noah's Ark actually exists. That know, actually indefensibly stupid. Like that is just a stupid idea. Like right. it's a stupid idea to think that there was just one man and one woman on this planet at one time and they banged a bunch and we're all here. And you know, like they didn't even bang, they banged a bunch and then they fucking drown most of them like yes. that's that's it's not even that they banged a bunch and we're all here it's that they banged a bunch and then they drown most of them so you know i just that shit just makes me crazy when somebody's like oh well, we need to teach and you know we need to teach intelligent design but what they're really saying is we need to teach people that fucking t-rex was getting fucking ridden into battle by cavemen <laughs> i would i would totally fucking joust on a t-rex oh though. man that'd be awesome wouldn't it that would be the greatest jousting challenge Possible on the way, it gets hungry and just bites your joust in half. Just, just like ah, <laughs> I, turns around and eats you because like, it's a T Rex. Right, you're like I should have domesticated this first. Yeah, this was a definitely a bad decision. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't want to talk about that for a second because you know it's important to note that evolution doesn't speak to a biogenesis, right? Evolution doesn't speak to the origin of life. It right. speaks to the development, the change of, you know, of life, common ancestry. That's what um, evolution speaks to. So, you know, it, you know, like, like you said, and like the, uh, there, there's a, there was a Methodist minister who's a scientist, who's the one you're referring to in this uh, documentary. And he's, he's very upfront. He's like, you don't need, like, it's okay to say, I don't know that I don't have yeah. that answer yet. That's not an inappropriate thing to say, but that doesn't mean that you have to fill that in with that's a weakness of the evolution argument. Yeah. Because evolution doesn't speak to fucking a biogenesis. So if it doesn't speak to it, it's like, well, I mean, it'd be like saying, you know, um, well, your theory of gravity doesn't explain orange juice. Well, it doesn't purport to. <laughs> or yeah, you, but isn't that a weakness of the theory of gravity? No, because it's not a fucking unifying theory of everything. Right. It'd be it's, the same it makes thing me if somebody, crazy. Well, it'd be the same thing if somebody was like, you know, the theory of gravity doesn't explain the origin of the universe. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, okay. That's totally fine. And that's, that is true. And the guy's quote, I wrote it down because it was so, I thought it was so good. He said, it's not a weakness to say, I don't know. It's not a weakness to say there's a gap in the evidence. And, and I think that that's, that's something that people don't want to, we don't want to admit on our side, right? We don't want to admit. And on our side, when I say our side, I mean the science side. Right. Not just, you know, the side that I like. It's the side that's fucking 
you know, has the facts with it. Sure. Sometimes people want to say, well, you know, there's no gaps in the evidence. Well, maybe there are, but that's not a weakness of the theory if there's a gap in an evidence. It doesn't matter. The evidence – there's a preponderance of evidence. There's so much evidence that is, that is pointing towards evolution, and there's no evidence whatsoever – pointing the other way. There's none. And the thing is, is like, even when they're doing the debates, these people are all saying, point me to one peer reviewed journal that has, you know, point me one thing and they can't do it. They can't do it, but they still want to insert it into these textbooks. They talk about a lot of times in this, they talk about healthy debate. There's many people that they talk to and the people that they're following around, the guy, the main guy who's a dentist, of course he's a fucking dentist, right? Like the guy is more right. annoying than the drill he's putting in your he's mouth. He's terrible. He's, I mean, you know, he's like nails on a chalkboard annoying. And he basically sits people down in his dentist chair and now he's got a captive audience to sing to him, to tell him stories about the Bible, to ask him about their religious views. I'm like, this is the most uncomfortable dentist. Not only do I have to get my fucking teeth drilled while I'm there, but I've got to listen to you, which is 10 times worse than what you're doing in my mouth right now. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, the only way to sit through that is to request no Novocaine. Yeah. <laughs> so the sound of your own screams right. would drown out would his drown babbling incoherency. <laughs> exactly. Like, you just, you just tell him, like, look, just put me in the back room with a pair of pliers. That's better than what you're going to do to me. And he's a terrible singer, too. Like, oh. as an aside, oh. like at one point, he turns to somebody because he sits down and he's, you know, he's singing like, I'm a man of cards, constant sorrow. Like, they're like their hillbilly club meeting or something. And he's like, <laughs> at the yeehaw meeting. I know, right? And <laughs> he sits, bib overall <laughs> convention. <laughs> he has to take the straw out of his mouth to start singing like, hang on, Ma, hang on, Pa. It's their porch sitting convention. <laughs> Get me an armadillo. <laughs> Where's the peach he's, cobbler? <laughs> he's he sits down next to some other fucking yokel, right. and he's <laughs> <laughs> he lassoes some other person next to him. And he's like, "This is why I like being a dentist, you know, captive audience." And he starts singing, and you're like, "Nobody would listen to oh. you otherwise." You are not only are you singing this fucking. Gospel music bullshit. You're bad at it. Yeah. You're aggressively tuneless. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he is angry with the very idea of holding a tune and so refuses to do it for even a <laughs> nanosecond. Hey, Tom and Cecil. This is uh, Tabiso. I'm actually from uh, Bulawayo, as you said. The proper way to say it would be something that sounds pretty funny to you guys. Uh, Bulawayo. Uh, but Stories like that with goblins uh, in Zimbabwe are actually pretty popular. There are a lot of people who take uh, buses all over the place, especially going to other countries. And there's all kinds of stories, like what I heard when I was really young, about uh, if you take a certain bus from Zimbabwe to Mozambique, never fall asleep on it. Otherwise, when you wake up, everyone on it will be goblins, and they basically eat you and sell your organs. I don't know why goblins need money, but that's that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, that kind of story perfectly showcases one of the big problems in Africa, which is a conflation between super religious views and uh, sort of tribal mythology. And it's really hard getting past that for a lot of people, but uh, hopefully we get past it in the future. Uh, anyway, glory hole. Have a good time. 
Hey guys, this is Jason from Houston. Um, wanted to mention the weirdest thing I've ever prayed for. Uh, when I was a kid, I really hated the whole movement. Um, I didn't like stopping uh, what I was doing to go to the bathroom, so I would just hold it forever. Uh, and then invariably I would become constipated and it was a very painful bowel movement. Um, so I would pray for God, if I can get through this without laughing too much, um, I would pray for God to make my asshole uh, the same shape as my poop so that it would just fall out effortlessly and not be as painful. Um, it never quite happened. Uh, I just had to suffer through, and uh, it's a big reason why I lost my faith. Anyway, uh, glory all. Now I just pray over this equipment. We speak over the PowerPoint presentations, the, all of the video projectors, and we say, devil, we know what you love to do in meetings like this. And we say, you will not, in Jesus' name, you will not prevent this message from going out. No microphone problems in Jesus' name. You know, the idea of, of discourse works its way throughout this thing. But, you know, there there's another thing that, that really really ticked me off and they show it four or five times and they're praying before they fucking start I know. fucking deliberations. I know. And you see them begin all of these city council or state board meetings, state board meetings, city council, these state board meetings with a prayer. And it's like you stack in the deck to start with. I know. Here we are. We're going to have, and they, and they say this so many times, both sides always says the same thing. Like this is one of the most important things we do as a state board of education, right? Is, we, we have these students in our classrooms. They are the captive audience. Like, they're not getting their teeth drilled, but they are a fucking real captive audience. And this is an incredibly important debate, and we really want to have this debate. But let's go ahead and start it with a prayer. You know, that's, that's like saying, you know, hey, we're going to have this uh, basketball tournament. It's a seven-game tournament, and they're all home games for me. Yep. So it's a yeah. totally level playing field. Yeah. But every game is a home game for me all the time. Yeah, but it's we a level killed all field. your starting players. <laughs> right. Yeah, no kidding. You get no fans to cheer for you. Yeah. You guys all have to fucking hop on one leg. Yeah. You know, and the ball will automatically deflate when you touch it. It's go. a basketball tournament. We're using NBA players. You're using hobbits. Okay, go. <laughs> Hey, those are riggers. As long as the hobbits are jumping on a bat, I bet you they can dunk, though. They, you know? they would. De- well, yeah. the problem is they have to take a break for 11s in the middle yeah. of the game. But then they got to so. cry their way through the fucking game. <laughs> no, they but, ride uh, an eagle but, to the basket. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the I think that, you know, not only is that prayer an example of this, but the deliberations that go on. And I think that the use of rhetoric shows you the dangers of putting politicians in charge of something like this. Um, it feels to me, and I, and, I, and I understand the dangers of putting educators in charge of something like this, because an educator can use the argument from authority and be like, well, I'm a history guy and this is how it should be. And then basically teach exactly what they think should be taught only, you know, through one person's view. So I understand the danger of putting an educator in that position. But clearly we have seen the danger of putting a politician in charge of this. And I would much more err on the side of the educator, somebody who's spent a lot of time teaching something like this, instead of somebody who's, you know, Bob the dentist 
or you know Sam the butcher bringing Alice the meat or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. like there's yeah. a there's a right. feeling there that you know these people aren't qualified, but they are good politicians, and the rhetoric they bring to the table can work its way into the curriculum. And that is really the only thing that the that the side that is against science has is rhetoric because they keep on talking about, oh, well, don't we want to have debate? Don't we want students to try to figure these things out on their own? And all these things sound like good ideas, right? We want to teach st- kids critical thinking skills is what they'll say. Teach them kid a critical – but you're not teaching them critical thinking skills. You're not teaching them to think critically because you're telling them that science is faulty. In a science classroom. Right. Right? Like, how am I supposed to take anything seriously in a science classroom if if every theorem and fact and demonstrable experimental result is open for fucking debate? You know, what, what it is is a fundamental misunderstanding, mistrust, and disrespect for the processes of science as a technique for learning about your world. If you open up for debate um, whether or not something is true in a science classroom, what you're saying is truth is determined by consensus and committee. And that's not how science works. Like methodologically speaking, science is not determined by committee. Science is determined through experimentation, observation, and a careful analysis of results, right? That, those are the bases of science, so when you when you introduce this like in well we want them to be critical thinkers we want them to to evaluate and analyze the evidence it's like no you don't that's that's not at all what you want what you want is for them to fucking take a vote on what they wish were true and then decide that that's how truth is determined see the thing is though later on in the in the movie that woman from the Liberty University stands up in front of everybody, and I disagree. They they don't want truth by committee. They she says specifically she just says truth is not a thing, and I wrote that down because it sounded like something Tom Tom would say. Is <laughs> truth is not a thing because she says that truth is not a thing. It is a person. It is Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, that's what she says. So yeah. the thing is, is like they don't even believe in truth as a concept to be voted on by the no, by right. the majority. You're they right. believe as in truth as dictated by God down to us. That's Ugh. it. That's the only thing she thinks is true. So the very fact, and and there's a point too where the dentist is standing up in front of everybody, and he's and he's pointing at you know. Why we're why we're not a secular nation? And he says, like the Constitution was founded on truth and a creator, and we were bound, uh, we were imbued by our creator, you know, with these yeah. inalienable rights. Right. And he puts down there, secularists don't believe there's a truth. He's like secularists and humanists don't believe there's a truth. So you can tell already that what they're saying is it's not about voting. It's about it's about what's handed down by God. And then yeah, I think that's the right. most ins- that's the most Ugh. insulting thing about it. Yeah, no, you're right, man. You're right. And that same guy, I, I mean, I just want to point out, too, like, one of the things that, that upset me about that um, is the experts that they called. Right. Right. You know, one of the other points of tremendous disrespect for um, for figuring out how things are true, right, um, is evidenced by who they call on their side. Um, and, and there was a whole debate about this in the movie, you know, where they said, like, look— and I think it was a radio like yeah. Uh, yeah. announcer who points it out. He's like, look, it, it, in this process that we're going through, 
An expert is somebody any two people agree is an expert. That's ridiculous. That's not an expert. So they've got people standing up and giving testimony in this debate, in this very important debate about what goes in a science book. Um, and, you know, who do they call for experts? Well, they can call anybody they fucking want. So they call the flashiest re- rhetoricians. That's who they really sure. call. And as long as two people who already are, you know, arm in arm with one another will agree that this person is an expert, they don't have to be a scientist. They can have a degree in the history of science. Right. Which is what one of them had. Right. Like one of the key speakers that they kept <clears throat> bringing up had, you know, their, their degrees in the history of science, which might be very valuable, but it's not how – it's not a scientist. It's not the same thing. You know, it's like that Simpsons thing, like, ask this scientician. Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> Your you know, crazy like, friend's not ignorant. <laughs> Your crazy friend's just crazy. Yeah, and that, no, and, I, I totally agree. And one of the things I was thinking while I was watching this is I would love it if every time they hired a brand new school board, they had to take some sort of test. Yes. A test to under, to at least show that you understand what the <clears throat> words that you are writing down mean. So define theory. Right. You yeah. Know, De- define, define theory in a scientific context. Hypothesis. Go. Yeah. Go. Right. Um, tell me what you, you know, like these certain things, you know, just, I mean, it would just be a basic test about scientific knowledge, not about, and you don't even have to tell me about what you believe or any of that stuff. I just want to see if you know what fucking theory means, because specifically they're using the colloquial version throughout the entire movie. I know. I know. And you know, these, you know, I've, I've said this a million times, I strongly believe in minimum competency and prerequisites for public office. Educational prerequisites are a fucking necessity. They are an absolute necessity. Um, And it's a damn shame that we don't have them because there are incredibly bright, well-qualified people um, who could be making these decisions. You know, Cecil, who should be making the decision about what goes in a science book are three people. Writers, educators, and scientists. Those are the only people who should be able to weigh in on that subject. The same is true of, you know, the social studies book, right? It should be writers, educators, and historians. Those are the people who decide what goes in the books. The writers because they have to write it, the educators because they have to teach it, and the scientists are historians because, you know, they're the subject matter expert. Right. Everybody else is necessarily only going to interject superfluous political fucking meandering into the process. And that's precisely what this shows that they do. And the problem isn't limited to Texas. The problem is that what Texas does, the rest of the country gets trickled down to them. I found that amazing. And you know, they, they said in the, in the movie, they said that both Texas and California are the two biggest textbook buyers, and they're the ones that people pay the most attention to. Right. And I kept wondering to myself, I'm like, and so do the Texas books go to the red states and the the California books go to the blue states then? Like, I, I, it just, you know, I wonder, you know, because I can't imagine somebody in California wanting to use these Texas books. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I hadn't thought of that because I remember, I remember thinking that and I've heard so much about this Texas school book thing. Like right. This Texas thing comes up, 
you know, comes up every fucking seven years, you right. know, when they when they debate this stuff. Um, and I've, I've read about this time and time again, and I, I, I know this is a problem. Um, it's curious to me. I wonder if the if the California. But, you know, California is an interesting state, too, because while it's a blue state, it's a it's a very divided state because of it its is. size and, it and economic structure. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, the, the other thing that struck me real hard watching this, and it's said several times by the guy who's the chair of the committee, um, is he says, somebody has to stand up to all these experts. He yeah. says this several times. in the. Uh, he says it in several speeches. Somebody, and he's impassioned when he says it. The thing is that he believes this is true. Somebody has to stand up to all these experts. And it's like, you know who stands up to the experts? Other experts. Right, other experts. That's how science works, right? That's the beauty of it. It self-corrects. So if if an expert stands in front of you and says, you know, this is what a fucking pulsar is and they're fucking wrong, the person to correct them isn't a dentist. Right. You know, it's another astrophysicist who's like, I have another idea about what a pulsar is. And let's look at your evidence and we'll look at my evidence and we'll see which one is borne out. Yeah, we'll fucking robot fight the evidence. Right. And we'll see who wins. <laughs> a robot fight the evidence. It just makes me crazy that, that that gathers applause when he says it. Like somebody has to stand up to these experts. It's like it's it's such a spit in the face. It's this anti-intellectualism culture. How can you be part of the anti-intellectualism culture and be one of the guys approving textbooks? I think I think the part of the movie that shocked me the most because they get through the, the rhetoric portion of the science uh, evolution debate. Pretty, I think, you know, we can all agree that, you know, that they did okay in that aspect. They didn't do bad. They did okay. Yeah, and I right. think the reason why is because they had the experts there to sort of talk and, and figure things out for them. And, you know, there was back and forth discussion uh, with the experts during breaks and people finally figured out that the language that they were trying to put in there was damaging. Right. And so that was cool. That was, you know, I thought that that turned out okay. But then, you know, the chalkboard that, that, is the, that is the sort of scene entry, it's the title screen basically as a chalkboard. And they started, they wrote social studies down. And I was a little shocked. What, what is this? Yeah. And the social studies part is the most disheartening part. And the stuff that they were trying to take out, they're trying to take out, you know, the one thing is that the guy who is the head honcho uh, in the beginning of the movie, he's the school board president or whatever, is demoted. He basically loses his chair position. And he's put back down into the regular board and they have <laughs> to bring somebody else up. And, you know, obviously they don't bring up anybody who's going to disagree with Rick Perry, right? right you know, they bring course, up a person yeah. who obviously Rick Perry likes. But... They bring, they put him down, and I guess he even said that he had an opportunity then to introduce measures where he didn't as the chair. And the things he's introducing when they start, I mean, shocking. One of the yeah. ones that I wrote down was he wanted to replace hip hop with country <laughs> music. With country music, he wanted to replace religious. Uh, he wanted to replace at one point um, racism and. Uh, slavery. They wanted to take that out, strike that from the record. Yeah, right. 
there's so many things that they start oh, going yeah. through. Yeah. And they're like, strike that from the record. Change this. I want to add these people. They're talking about adding Thomas Aquinas. I know. I can't, I was hoping you would bring that up. I was thinking about you when they were they're talking about Enlightenment philosophers. And they get rid of Thomas Jefferson. And they throw in fucking 13th century religious philosopher Thomas Aquinas. And they get called out on it. Right. They, they, they call her out on it. And they're like, wait a minute. Thomas Aquinas? Like, for, that's from the fucking 1200s. Like, the right. motherfucker died in, like, 1274 or something. Yeah. You know, like, really? Yeah. You know, and she just, I mean, she bitch doesn't bat an eye. I mean, this is a guy who did the, the, oh, oh, the well, I want to say it's the ontological proof of God or something like that. It's one of the proofs of God. Like, yeah. this is a guy who decided the proof prove God. It's a circular argument and it makes no sense. And if you follow Aquinas, you'll find out that he's just full of shit. But, but the idea is, is this is a guy, I mean, this is a guy whose life is steeped in religion. This yeah, isn't a guy who's right. thinking of starting a new country and breaking out of the, you know, the kingly mold that we had. He wasn't, this guy wasn't an innovator in that sense at all. When he's 500 years pre-enlightenment, like the whole, the whole, the whole section that they're discussing is, you know, Enlightenment philosophers. The motherfucker is 500 years pre-Enlightenment. Might as well just use Augustine at that right. point. What difference does it make? Doesn't you know, make like, any difference. And the justification that they haul out is like, well, it's very influential. And they're like, well, fucking Plato had a lot to say about the right. building of a republic. <laughs> it was great. And it doesn't go anywhere. You know, and like the country and Western music versus hip hop. I love to. They call it country and Western. So like they're like, yeah, we got to get rid of hip hop and insert country and Western. And this one guy's like, wait a minute. Do you do you even know what hip hop is? Why? Why get rid of it? And they don't even bother to answer him. No, like they don't even give the guy the courtesy of an answer. They just kind of smile like <laughs> it's fucking Texas. Right. Yeah. You what know? did you expect? Right. You know, because you're, you know, we there's no reason for us to have any culture but white Anglo culture. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. I mean, nope. that's what you're putting forth. You're saying, you're, I mean, and, you know, it, the, the name of the movie is perfect. The revisionaries, right? Like the idea here is that they're basically revising history. It's totally. not that they're revising totally. science because the yeah. science gets bounced back and forth. You can look at things and well, hey, man, we're not going to change the science. Okay, fine. But this is, I mean, they're revising history saying, you know, I mean, to go into a classroom and then deny that, I mean, it's not denying, but just not mentioning slavery or not mentioning, uh, you know, not mentioning the racism that happened, you know, throughout our history, segregation, not mentioning the racial uh, tensions that were involved after segregation was lifted, not mentioning, you know, the idea that hip hop exists. Yeah, it's it's cutting, you know, it's it's cutting minorities out. It's cutting out, you know, the struggle for civil rights. It's cutting out, you know, it's cutting out anything that doesn't fit into that comfortable uh, Judeo-Christian white narrative of, you know, happy pilgrims on Thanksgiving Day. Anything that doesn't fit into that liar's narrative that tells a story of a country that never was. They um, wanted to add. Gets popped. They wanted to add Hussein to Barack's name. I know. I know that's, it's just, it's so obviously political. It's so obviously political. The whole process is all about ensuring that your political views are enshrined into the minds of young people through this, you know, indoctrinal process. And I mean, 
it is so cynical. It's so unbelievably cynical that you would just say, my politics are more important than honesty. And they all have this smug, I mean, really, like they all have this smug little smile of self-satisfaction with each win right. that they garner. Right. And you look at it and it, it I mean, my heart just sinks. Yeah. I'm full of fury. I just want to fight the whole room. <laughs> it's like, line up. Just line up. I want to fight you. Hey, Cecil and Tom. This is Robbie from Chicago. Uh, first off, uh, super congratulations on your fifth episode. That is really fantastic. I'm really proud of you guys. Uh, it's a big milestone. Uh, I thought I would share with everyone and, and ask if anyone else has received this in the mail, because it was I received a rather curious piece of mail the other day um, in a white envelope. Um, addressed to me or current residents, so maybe it wasn't specifically sent to me. Um, when I opened it, inside was a book uh, with the title Ten Amazing Muslims Touched by God uh, by, I'm going to butcher it, Faisal Malik, uh, with a picture of a, a sort of chubby dude with glasses on the cover. Anyway, it came with a letter, and I thought I would read just a, a small snippet to you guys. I'm very curious if anyone else has received this in the mail. Dear Muslim friend, assalamu alaikum. You're probably wondering why you've received this book, Ten Amazing Muslims Touched by God. You may be asking who this man is on the cover. Who are these ten amazing Muslims, and what is so amazing about them? My name is Fasal Malik. I was born and raised about Sunni Muslim, and I was touched by God on July 3rd, 1994. I'll let you guys handle that joke. Um, please accept this, this book as a gift and token. My favorite part is when he says, these stories are of 10 Muslims, mostly Sunni, some Shiite, and their faith in Allah, the Quran, and their amazing encounters with the God of Abraham. The men and women in these pages come from a wide demographic of Muslims, from zealous jihadists to peace-seeking leaders, from humble Bedouins to dedicated scholars of the Quran and the Hadith. Some are simply ordinary Muslims in search of answers from God, all committed followers of Allah, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was rather interesting to start off with from zealous jihadist, uh, as if that was the selling point that was going to get me to continue on. Anyway, I'm really curious to see if anyone else has received this in the mail. I have no idea what that mailing list is and how it, it came to my door. Again, it's 10 amazing Muslims touched by God. If anyone else has received this, I'd be really interested to know. Uh, all right, take care, guys, and uh, glory hole. Father, and I ask that you would forgive us for taking prayer out of the schools. Father, when that happened, secular humanism flooded in. Father, it began to penetrate every part of the curriculum. But today, Lord, we reach up into heaven and we say, on this day, your kingdom come, your will be done in public education once again. We draw the line in the sand today and we say no more. Lord, I ask that you would invade our schools invade our country, invade our homes, invade our churches with your presence, that we would truly be hunger for righteousness and for truth, because truth is not a thing. It is a person, and it is the person of Jesus Christ. And your word tells us that if you be lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. And so, God, that's what we do right now. We repent on behalf of our nation, we repent on behalf of ourselves and our families, God, and we lift you up and we want to see you exalted, God. 
they they hate secular humanists. I mean, they yes, really they cannot yes, stand they them. And at one point, the woman is praying in front of the Washington Monument. She almost sounds like she's crying she does. when she's praying. She's almost <laughs> weeping. She's so sad <laughs> that know. secular humanists are there. And one of the things she says is, secular humanists flooded in. They flooded in. And I'm thinking, it's better than fucking water. God's good for fucking, you know, at least at least God sent people that can think instead of, you know, more water than right. he did early on when Noah right. saved what? Eight right. fucking people. Yeah, it's it I actually did laugh cuz it sounded like she was crying. Like she had that she had that I'm so earnest that I yeah. can't control my emotions voice, that fucking put upon false voice that liars will often use when they're trying to, you know, garner emotional sympathy. It that that shit makes me fucking wild when I hear that. It just makes me hate somebody. Like anytime they get the quiver voice, I'm just like, mm, kind of hate you for that." Yeah. <laughs> I just fucking hate it. You're a liar. Yeah. You're lying to me. You f- you're fucking n- building a soundtrack into your own bullshit. And it's not just it's not just that they're using rhetoric. It's that they're using other means to influence people. Yeah. They're trying to, they're using, you know, the methods of theater right. to influence people. Right. Um, one of the things that I, that I started laughing about is, is they called, and this is getting back to, uh, to the secular humanists, they called colleges left wing seminaries. I, I remember that. The guy said it out loud. I know. And there's so many moments where you look at this guy. And he's on camera. I mean, he's being filmed. He knows he's being filmed. And he shits these things out. And you're like, dude, do you realize you said that out loud? I mean, I do you realize you just said that out loud? Left-wing seminaries? Really? Yeah. It, it, but, you know, the thing is, like, these guys believe it. Like yeah. the, and, and that's something, too, that comes through in this documentary, I think, very clearly. Because one of the, one of the opponents is like, look, I respect the guy. He's talking about the chairman of the— uh, you know, and then later becomes a board member for the State Board of Education that's choosing the books. And he's like, look, I respect the guy. I think he's wrong, but I respect him. He's always treated me kindly. He's right. always treated me with respect. Right. It reminds me of George Rabb, right? Yeah. George Rabb said, you know, I was making fun of, I think, Kirk Cameron or Ray Comfort or somebody. And we had George on the show once. And George said something to the effect of, like, this is a guy who'd help you change your tire on the side of the road. Like, he's a nice guy. I'm sure this dentist is probably a fucking nice guy. Like, yeah. I'm sure he would give you the shirt off his back, but he also wants to influence how and what history and science children are taught so that they can control the political future of the country. Sure. Like, he's a nice guy, but he's a shithead, you know? Yeah. And he's, and he's, and he's being dishonest in order to, to garner political favor. And it's, it, it, you watch this, and, it, and like you say, it's like you're, you, you aren't keeping that to yourself? You're going to say that with your mouth? <laughs> you're not going to say it in your heart? Right. Yeah. In my heart, I believe it. No, yeah. you got to do a quiver voice. Yeah. In my heart, I believe it. I Tom, you just convinced me. I the, did. The, you know, the one thing I thought when I was watching this, because this that, that bald uh, dentist um, does go up for re-election. And when I was watching it, I thought for sure he was going to win again. Like, I was watching it, and the other guy was saying stuff, and I'm like, that guy's not going to get elected. Yeah, I know. Like, I thought the same thing. You aren't garnering any support here at the Tea Party convention basically being like, I want educators to decide. Like, I have no idea how he won. Like, I was like, 
I was shocked. They and and obviously they're editing it, right? So they're editing it for me. This is this is a documentary with a message. It's not that they're telling you the unbiased truth here. They're presenting an argument to me, and I recognize that. So this guy's, you know, could have said some cuckoo fucking for cocoa puff stuff, and they just edited it out because they wanted to make sure that the bald guy was kook, more kooky than the guy who looked a little more straight laced. Sure. Who wound up yeah. winning his job. But I was shocked. At the way it was presented, I was just like, oh, my goodness, there's no way that this other guy is going to win. And the other guy wins. And the first thing I thought is, I wonder if the dentist prayed to win. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know that he did because <clears throat> there's a really funny part in it where um, he's he's getting made fun of um, on the radio. Like yeah. there's like there's radio and and he says something um, and I'm going to paraphrase, but he says something like. Well, I don't just go around telling everybody I'm up for election. That's not how you live your life. And I thought, that's actually exactly how you live your life if you're trying to be elected. I yelled at the TV at that point. I'm like, what do you mean you don't go around telling everybody you're up for election? That's how elections work. That's like, like, ah, those debates. Those are for people who want to get elected. (laughs) Yeah, that's for talking about ideas with people. What the fuck? It's... It was a strange, it was a bizarre exchange. That dude is a weird, bizarre man. Like, it would not surprise me at all if he didn't pray to win. I mean, because he wouldn't want to tell God he was up for election. You don't just tell everybody. Yeah. When God, well, how would God know if you didn't send him, like, an invitation of yeah, some yeah. sort? You yeah. know, like a frilly invitation. Or just a Facebook invite would be Facebook fine. Invite. It's, it's all good. Just, just text him. Hey, God's in the 21st century. It's it's fine. I I the Liberty University parts of this are also crazy. And yeah. when you see the Liberty University portion of this and you know Liberty University is a is a place that liberty has no place in. Um it's one of those crazy <laughs> It's like a Christian school, but it's like the crazy, it's the most, it's the biggest evangelical school in the United States. And it's, it's for, it's for the clinically insane. It's for people who are just <laughs> clinically insane. absolutely nutso about Jesus. And they Welcome go to there. Bedlam University. And, yeah, oh man, it is just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But those people are, you know, they're rabid Christians and yeah. they're ready to, you know, proselytize and this lady's a law professor there and she's on the school board. Um, that's a place that, you know, it almost deserves a visit. Like I almost want to go to Liberty university just to see what it's like, just to walk around the campus there and just see, I mean, just want to pretend I'm Christian for a day and wander around there and just see what it's like. You know, I, I saw that and I thought immediately, I mean, I did, I, I thought that is one of the scariest places in America. Like it's a fucking it's a it, it's a madrasa. It is. It's total madrasa. Yeah. I mean, it I mean, is Al Qaeda headquarters, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Drone strike, Liberty University. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it 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 really is. It's just a it it's a place for people. It's an echo chamber for bad ideas, um, and for you know this sort of revisionist history. Like these are people who really would believe a lot of these ideas. You know that that are being put forth in this. I mean, wholeheartedly, like this would be all that they were presented with. Um, one of the things that's particularly uh, a virtue of the university system, right? Is that even if you're a student who grows up in butt fuck Oklahoma 
and you know you've had this mediocre education and you've had you know this mediocre amount of uh, exposure to culture and to the outside world, attending a university breaks you out of that mold. You're now going to be surrounded by people who have different thoughts, different opinions, different religions, different educational backgrounds. You know, that's one of the great advantages to one of the democratizing forces to a university educational system. All of that is stripped away and fucking shed on at Liberty University. It's a place for for homogenous white people to to sit around and be pasty white and jerk each other off. Like, that's all that it exists for. What I thought was really funny was how they wanted to strike hip-hop from the books, and yet the song for Liberty University was a hip-hop song. I know. I know. It's so funny. I mean, that it, song it, it, is so hip-hop in bad. the loosest sense of the word yeah, here. I right. mean, this is not Jay-Z performing. <laughs> this is definitively, it's J-Y. Uh, <laughs> it's K-Y. K-Y. <laughs> you know, the, the saddest part of this movie is the end when they write on the board that this is going to be in effect, the things that passed just recently in the last couple of years are going to be in effect until 2020. I know. I immediately did the math and I thought, holy shit, like 2020, how old is my kid going to be? Yeah. My kid's going to be exposed to those textbooks. Yeah. You know, and, and all that means is that, you know, Parents who want to responsibly educate have to look at the textbooks, read the chapters their kids are being assigned to, and supplement that with good quality material. You know, because if, especially the social studies, I agree with you, the social studies was much more damning than the science debate. Much more damning. Yeah, I mean, you get to paint with your own brush what the history of the United States is like. Right. And, you know, just because, you, you know, not mentioning it and omitting it is just as bad as saying something else oh, happened. Oh, yeah. You know, because if you don't teach the students about what happened after segregation was lifted in this country and they don't get a chance to see the hardships that the that the black Americans went through when they had rights technically but in reality had no rights whatsoever still. Um, and the dichotomy that existed in their own lives and how they had to survive and how they had to act. Sure. And how yeah. they had to fight to get every bit of right that they had. Yeah, lynchings and Jim Crow yeah. and all of that. When you right. take that out and you don't mention right. it, suddenly, you know, you're 18 years old and you, had, you don't really experience it. And then when somebody on the Internet starts talking about affirmative action, you're like, what the hell do they deserve affirmative action for? Right, because you don't have any context. You don't have any kind. You're like, well, right. affirmative action, what's that? Who cares about it? And you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, you don't understand that what they went through and what they still go through is, is bad. It's not a, it's, this is not a benefit to society. Yeah, and affirmative I mean, action is neither here nor there. I don't want to get into fucking I, debate we're gonna get the emails anyway about now. affirmative action. Don't send us your fucking emails because I'm not ready to debate it. I'm just telling you that, you know, there's reasons why, uh, you know, people are insensitive to plights of other people. And it's because they just are ignorant of it. Yeah, I, I no man. It's, it, you're, you're totally right. And you can't even have the, the, the larger point is you can't have a reasonable conversation about a subject for which you don't own the context. You know, if you don't have context to to put that subject into place for, you know, how are you going to even have that debate? Right. How are you going to have that conversation in a meaningful way? Instead, you're just going to be reacting. You're just going to be, 
you know, going through these sort of knee-jerk reactionary stages and, and responding with, um, you know, call signs and buzzwords. It's, I mean, it's, it's building a talking point culture instead of a really critical thinking culture at all. I mean, history is so fucking vital to our ability to identify our narrative as a people and, and to know who we are and to put into context our struggles and, and our successes and failures. And, and they want to wipe out all the failures, man. It's fucking rose-colored glasses. Hey, this is James from Arkansas. Uh, in response to your call for stories about stupid shit you prayed for, uh, I got something of a doozy. My uh, my best friend in uh, high school, uh, she is still my best friend to this day, but, you know, and uh, when I was a junior, she came out to me. It was, uh, it must have, you know, she, according to her, it took her months of working up the courage, uh, to tell me because I was, I was, my plan at that time, my college plan was seminary. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it would have been awkward to begin with, but then I, of course, thought she was kidding. And so I just really laughed at her, which must have been the absolute worst thing to possibly fucking do to somebody who was coming out to you. Uh, anyway, I, I didn't I didn't believe it. I thought she was just uh, kidding around until I actually saw her walking around school with her girlfriend. Uh, well, this uh, this uh, you know I mean I I didn't end up treating her any different. This didn't change anything in our friendship, but. The stupid shit that I prayed for was I prayed that she would not be gay. Now I've never told her this, and I'm very glad that she did. That she's still the just badass lesbian that she is today. But still, it's just it's man, <laughs> man, you can't do that. Oh, and by the way, no, 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 you guys still don't get it. Sierra Mist is to Sprite as Mellow Yellow is to Mountain Dew. You see, one one of the one of those pairs is clear, the other one is yellow. That's how you tell the difference. Anyway, uh, glory hole and keep up the good work. This doctor uh, practiced in an uh, an open circle in a dusty spot. He wore no shoes, was semi-clothed, used a lot of bones that he threw around. Mm -hmm. I would I would bet that all of us would agree that his science is a pseudoscience. We would not have respect for his science and the practice of his science. That would concern me because if we were able to declare what I have verified for myself is something that has some validity to it. I mean, the stuff the man told me about my history. Yeah. Yet, if if, if I closed my mind, when I saw this man Uh in the dust, throwing some bones on the ground, semi-clothed, if I had closed him off and just said that's not science I'm not going to see this doctor Uh, I would have shut off a very good experience for myself 
and actually would not have discovered some things that he told me about what I needed to go and do when I got home. So the movie itself is from, you know, they're talking about 2012 at a certain point in the movie as if it's in the future. So the movie's <laughs> from a couple of years ago. It is. Um, but it still is obviously relevant because, you know, things like this happen all over the country. And one of the things we want to talk about is uh, in Louisiana, uh, recently there's been a big push down there to try to uh, to repeal Louisiana Science Education Act, LSEA, um, which is, and I'm going to read directly from the article, is stealth legislation that creates a loophole for creationism to be stuck, to be snuck in public school science classes, and it allows classroom use of supplemental creationist materials that critique evolution. So this is something that is, at this point, still happening in, you know, even though in Texas, it seemed like there was some blowback there. The other states are still debating this. And I mean, you know, we're talking about Louisiana. Louisiana is still debating this. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is not uh, this is not over by any stretch of the imagination. You know, in, in Louisiana, that same article, um, it, it just talks about Suzanne Passman, who runs creationevidence.info. And she testifies in support of the LSEA, um, Louisiana Senate Education Committee, um, on her website. She she testifies. She's one of their experts. Um, this is a person who thinks that dragons were real creatures, that people yeah. oh, saw yeah. dinosaurs yeah, yeah, yeah. walking around. You know, Bobby Jindal, the Louisiana governor, um, who should fucking know better, right? Because this is a guy who went to an Ivy League university. Oh, Brown University. Has, has a degree in biology. What? How do you do that? Um, and still is basically pandering. I mean, that's all it is. It's got to be. Yeah. You know, he's pandering to his party by basically doing that old canard, you know, like, hey, we want everyone to have the best education possible. And the if they decide, facts. yeah, it, it, he says, like, you know, if they decide that that's creationism, then that's creationism. Best because science, best facts. Best science, the best facts, yeah. not those mediocre facts. The three videos that are on this are are pretty great. The first video is where the le this legislator is talking, and he's this old guy dressed like Colonel Sanders, <laughs> and he's talking. And one of the things he has starts to say is he's like, "Well, if you were just to say that pseudoscience doesn't have any place in a science classroom, let me tell you, I went to a a doctor that drew a." Uh, a circle in the ground and threw some bones on the ground. And they told me some stuff about myself that I didn't know before that I hadn't, that I didn't even mention. And, and that real experience wouldn't be available to somebody else. And I'm thinking, you're right. Like that is a subjective moment of your life that you are trying to say, since something happened to me, that was a subjective moment of some charlatan tricking me into thinking they know more about me than they actually do. Now you're going to mandate that in textbooks. Yeah, you're going to be able to take that out and say, you know what? We're not going to say anything bad about, you know, some jackass who's going to roll some chicken bones in a fucking <laughs> dirt circle. <laughs> because that's how the that that's how 2013 should work. Right. Yeah. That's that's how 2013 should work. You should you should definitely take the advice of the fucking half clothed, dirt covered chicken bone thrower <laughs> over. I don't know, like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Right. Like well, if they, I have an option, they're like neck and neck. They're yeah, like, you they're, know, I mean, when it comes to credibility, neck and neck. 
I remember Cecil when I was in when I was in school um, eighty three thousand years ago um, with dinosaurs. When I was in school, um, I had a professor who who basically said something. You know, he's, he he asked us to all raise our hands if we thought all opinions were were equal, and a bunch of people raised their hands. I didn't because I was arrogant, um, and I still am. And he he said, if all opinions are equal, what are you paying me for? And this was in a in a uh, English class, and I thought, right. like, goddamn right. right, because all things are not created, all yeah. ideas are not created equal. Some ideas are better ideas, and the ideas where you throw fucking chicken bones on the ground to figure out how the world works, versus you know a systematic uh, series of tests and observation. Yeah, I'll take the science, thanks. Yeah. Like the chicken bones. This really presented in 2013? I, I couldn't believe it. I was watching the video, and I'm like, is this guy really hearing what the fuck he's saying? I mean, for real. He's Only talking about goddamn bones. I know. I know. I mean, it's he's a talking about, doctor, dude. He's talking about divination for crying out loud. I you mean, would think really? he'd be scared to say this you with all the Christians so. around him, right? You would think so, but no. And then the other thing, we played this before on our on our show, but it's when this creationist center Senator winds up talking about people with little letters after her name. Right. And if you watch this video, this is an awesome video. Just watch it and watch her get so frustrated when the kid <laughs> talks about how stuff should be taught in a, in a, in how the Bible is fine to be taught in literature class because it's literature. And she, she has to wave her face <laughs> from not passing out or I don't know, pissing on the desk or whatever it is that she's stopping herself from doing. She's, <coughs> she's waving her face and you're like, are you fucking serious? You know, it's just, it's not just rhetoric. Like we talked earlier. It's the, it's the, they're using tropes from theater too. Right, and this is what's going to decide the education that, are, that that students get. Like this is this is what we have to look forward to. This is why this is important. Like these are the people who are going to be making decisions when my diapers need to be changed. Yep. You know, this is what America's going to look like in twenty five years. You know, and and I look at this and it's like, really, fucking chicken bone, dude. Yeah. And, and, and all the people out there that, you know, are on the they're – the, they're the Midland people. They're the people who maybe not, not believe in anything, but they're like, you know, all you loudmouth atheists, you guys are just as bad as all these other people. And it's like, look, you know, the reason why we are vocal – I wouldn't even be vo- – I wouldn't even care. I don't care what people believe. I seriously do not give a single ounce of fuck – what people believe in any fucking, I mean, really in any context, I do not care one fucking bit what a random dude who walked past me on the street believes. It is fucking of no consequence to me. In right. fact, most of the time, if people are walking by me and they were to burst into flames, I would not care so much as I just don't hope I don't get caught in the flames. Like, that's the only <laughs> thing I care about. No, but seriously, like, I really? don't care what... I don't care what people think, really. And when it comes down to it, um, I wouldn't care what any of these other people think as long as they weren't mandating it for other people. Yeah. It, I don't care one bit. I don't care that these people are creationists. I don't care that Colonel Sanders thinks that fucking chicken bones can tell him the future. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me. Like, it doesn't matter at all. What I care is that he's going to stop pseudoscience from being injected into a science book because he thinks that pseudoscience is a real thing. Yeah. And that's a fucking danger. And if you're going to be middling and you're going to bitch and be like, oh, you, fu- you atheists are just... Just as bad as the fundamentalists. Why? Because we want fucking, we want to make sure that the pseudoscience doesn't get into a textbook. Then fine, I'm just as bad as a fundamentalist then. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, everybody's trying to do the same thing, right? Everybody's trying to safeguard like the future. Everybody right. wants the same thing. I want, I want a future, not just for, for, for my kids, but fucking I'm selfish. I want a future for myself. Like I want a world that is not a piece of shit. I want a world where people um, come up with good solutions to the difficult problems that we're facing. Like, and those solutions are going to come very frequently in the forms of, of, of technology and, and the, the innovations in science. That's not going to happen. It's just we're going to fucking shoot ourselves in the foot. We're going to be a bunch of fucking apes ooking and ocking at the uh, obelisk if oh, we don't yeah. turn this around. That guy was throwing chicken bones at it earlier. <laughs> no, it's not that far off. <laughs> So that ends this quasi-movie review. More of a movie viewing to jumping off point about a subject that we've done this time, uh, talking about the revisionaries. Uh, be sure, if, if you haven't watched it and you listen to us, be sure to check it out on Netflix. I think it's totally worth a watch. Um, it's one of those movies that will probably get your blood boiling, but you know maybe you can watch Religious right afterwards and <laughs> let off a little steam. It's like brainwash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and mad thanks to King of Cash Money for sending us a list to pick from. We really yeah. appreciate it. They it made, really helped us out. So. Yeah. Um, so we're going to leave you with a shortish episode. No email this time because we're doing this episode early and we don't have any email. So if you sent us something this week uh, and we didn't read it, obviously we're not reading anything. We will read it next week. Same thing. Uh, I'm going to be playing some of the voicemails that I get during this, this sort of interim week. Uh, but there won't be any commentary under them and we're not going to be talking about them. But I will probably be playing a few of these voicemails uh, for breaks in the show. Uh, but other than that, there's not going to be any email reading. We're going to get to your emails when we come back for a new show the following week. So uh, so until then, we're going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 